Welcome to 12-Minute Talks, where important information is shared in a short time period. Learn from other business owners, entrepreneurs, and experts about what they do to help you find solutions to everyday topics in 12 minutes or less. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 12-Minute Talks podcast. I'm excited to have with us today Josh Bloom. He's a reverse mortgage specialist from Mutual of Omaha. Um, where he helps financial professionals and retirees coordinate housing wealth in retirement planning. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for being on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so this is an interesting topic. It's one that I think um, a lot of people misunderstand. There's a lot of, uh, you know, wrong information, I think, out there. Maybe good information, right? Um, So we're definitely going to get into all of that. Um, But before we do, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the industry? Happy to, and thanks for the opportunity. So I've been in the retirement income industry for 16, 17 years now, really since I got out of college. I started out as a financial advisor, but I knew really quickly that just wasn't the right role for me at that stage of my life. So I went into wholesaling retirement income products and and wholesalers really work with financial planners as their clients. And so I had the opportunity for over a decade to work with a fortune 50 company and help wholesale retirement income solutions to advisors and their clients. So my background and my foundation really is in retirement income planning. But after a period of time, my wife and I wanted to move back to the East Coast from California and want to be closer to family. I had the opportunity to change directions a little bit. And that's where I chose to become a home equity retirement specialist or a reverse mortgage specialist. It was enough of a foundation in what I already specialized in that I felt wrecked in tool. So it's a really exciting transition for me. And I'm now about four years deep into doing this and nothing else. Okay, good. So yeah, definitely a move to Florida. That would be a, a good industry to pick since we have a lot of seniors <laughs> to help, right? Um, it was part of the thought process. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't uh, hurt. Um, great. And, and so, Josh, um, why don't we just get into what are some of the myths that you see um, with reverse mortgages? Like maybe the top one that you get. There's a lot. I think the biggest myth and misconception I run across, though, is that it's really something that should be held off on doing until you've exhausted all of their options, right? It's that concept that I need to be backed in a corner before I should really look at this. And all of the research and the studies that have been done, every piece of academic research points to the exact opposite, right? That's probably the worst time to use it. So I think the the who we use it for and the when we use it, that idea of it should be somebody who's desperate and has no other choice is really very backwards. And it's the biggest misconception out there. Yeah, definitely. And in my industry with insurance, it's something I see often. Um, when a senior comes to me and they're doing a reverse mortgage, it's because like, well, it was like my last option <laughs> kind of thing, right? So, you know, when when should somebody actually start looking at a reverse mortgage? Well, it's interesting. Like a lot of things in life, it's it probably shouldn't be a reaction to what's going on around you. It should be more strategic and forward-looking. It, it really ought to be uh, uh, something that we look at as we're planning for retirement and 
as we're looking at Social Security, as we're looking at Medicare, as we're looking at our IRAs, we should probably be looking at our housing wealth as well, because it's just it's a big piece of the picture for most people. It's on average over 60 percent of somebody's wealth here in the United States at retirement. So it should probably just be looked at early on. Uh, and that's not to say it should be implemented as a, re a reverse mortgage should be implemented, but the housing wealth should be looked at really early on uh, to protect against risk instead of reacting to something that's happening to you. Right. Very interesting. And so, Josh, how does a reverse mortgage help uh, protect against risk, like you mentioned? Well, nowadays, when we look at retirement, the the biggest risk we're seeing in the financial planning space is longevity risk. It's this idea that if I live a really long time, all my other risks are multiplied. So my inflationary risk, my cost of long-term care, my sequence of return risk, having to draw out money when the markets are down, all these risks get really compounded given enough time because they're all that much more likely to happen or impact you over time. So the reverse mortgage can really be a way for somebody to bring a lot more wealth and flexibility into their plan right up front. And that can help reduce all of that risk or potentially even eliminate it. Uh, I think it's as simple as recognizing that, hey, if a bunch of our wealth is tied up over here, but our retirement is inclusive of everything, we should probably be looking at ways to utilize everything However, it makes the most sense. And sometimes that might be the reverse mortgage. Sometimes it might not. It's going to depend on everybody's individual circumstances. That's very important. Yeah, to definitely look at what their needs are. I mean, you know, as a history with, of financial planning, how important that is. So, yes. Um, and so like another myth that I've heard um, is that, oh, no, like, let's say as a child, right, of a senior parent, right? Um, is that, oh, no, when my parents pass away, if they did a reverse mortgage, then that house goes back to the bank. Um, is there any truth to that? Not really. And, and I'll explain that in a little more detail. Uh, I think the first thing I'll say is if somebody's utilizing a reverse mortgage, it's in all likelihood to do two things, to help age in place, number one. Uh, so to provide the resources so that they can continue to age in place and two, to either eliminate an expense and reduce the expense on a monthly basis from a cash flow perspective or increase income on a monthly basis because retirement's all cash flow related. So this idea that there's a disinheritance going on is a little backwards because I think it ignores the fact that it's being used for a purpose. And if the money isn't being used from the house, then the situation is going to be different. Either they're no longer going to be in the house, the senior or the parent, or they're going to have to get that money elsewhere. And a lot of times this idea that, hey, I'm going to spend down all the wealth in the house is just based off of the experience from 2008, where you had a lot of people access wealth in their home, and then mm -hmm. the market crashed around them and the actual asset, the house, really dropped in value. So a lot of people and a lot of people's experience here has been with putting something in place based off really high values that then really plummeted on them. And so there wasn't much wealth left. But I could argue till I'm blue in the face that that was probably the very best time for somebody to get a reverse mortgage because it allowed them to use the most wealth in their home, regardless of what the market did afterwards. Uh, so as we've evolved 
more and more kids are starting to understand that my parents might be spending some of the wealth, some of their wealth in their mm -hmm. home, but they're not necessarily spending all of it. And I think there's a further even understanding that if my parents are trying to preserve the rest of their money by spending down some of the money in the house, which is what the reverse does for them, then even if I'm spending down some of the money in the house, that means I'm probably not spending down as fast the rest of my money or maybe at all. And so I'm just passing on my wealth in a different platform. Instead of coming from the house, maybe now it's partially coming from the house and partially coming from everything else. So it's just a different way of spending down money. Yeah, that and that totally makes sense, right? When we look at the numbers. Um, and so Josh, this might sound like an odd question, but I think it's one that other people might have as well. Um, like here in Florida, it's very common to see seniors that have Medicaid, right? So if somebody has Medicaid and they do a reverse mortgage, would that be considered uh, income or an asset? So that's a that's a good question, and it and it's tough to answer well in a in a short format. And I have to mm -hmm. I kind of have to step back and say, hey, you know, I I need to stay in my lane. I'm a reverse mortgage specialist. I'm not I'm not an elder law attorney. And this is probably a better question for somebody along those lines. But what I can tell you is here in the state of Florida specifically, because Medicaid is specific to each state, mm -hmm. there there are avenues based on the current laws that would allow somebody to use a reverse mortgage without necessarily endangering their Medicaid. Uh, because there's certain limitations. We can only take so much income per month. Uh, whether I'm single or I'm married, there is my money in an irrevocable trust. Is it not? There's there's a lot of moving pieces there, but there are avenues, and a good elder care attorney could certainly help structure it so you could utilize a reverse mortgage without putting Medicaid planning at risk. That's a great answer because it shows that you're not like, oh yeah, you can do whatever. Or like, like some people just want to answer a question when they don't really know <laughs> the answer. So I kind of put you on the spot there. I apologize. Um, but it, I'm sure you can always refer them to an elder law attorney that you trust yes. as well, right? And, and so, Josh, talking about that, what is something that you think makes you different from other people that maybe specialize or part-time hobby reverse mortgage? So I I think there's something in what you said and even how you asked the, the question there that really highlights what makes me different. So there's very few reverse mortgage specialists. I mean, as, as a percentage of all the loans done in the United States, it's something like 1% of all loans around there. So you're already specialized if all you do is reverse mortgages. But a lot of times what you end up having happen is you'll have traditional loan officers that are really cutting back on their time and their activity and they're, they're sunsetting. And this is not a knock on anybody, but you see it a lot. I was a traditional loan officer. I no, want, I no longer want to be that invested in my business. So I'll just start doing something like the reverse mortgage. It's people my age, so on and so forth. Uh, so you get an older demographic uh, and you get a demographic that may not be as intentional about running it like a true professional business. And that bears itself out a lot. But I think even more importantly than the idea that I'm young and I do this full time and it is my specialty and it's very intentional, I think my background makes all the difference in the world. My understanding of retirement planning is at a level equal to a lot of financial advisors. I don't carry 
some of the designations that you might see out there that a true financial planner would carry, nor do I hold myself to be a financial planner. But after 16 years of partnering with financial advisors and working solely in the retirement income space, I understand the challenges that clients deal with. And I understand the challenges and the concerns that their advisors have as well. It gives me a really unique perspective that you just can't get without a decade plus of time doing nothing but this. Fantastic answer. And so Josh, to wrap this up here, um, how can somebody reach out to you if they would like more information? Absolutely. Uh, if somebody is looking for more information, they can go right to my website, mutualfortlauderdale.com. And there's a tremendous amount of resources available there, including my office line, my email address, as well as a ton of videos and even webinars that I've shot and are evergreen. So people can really do their own due diligence. And I'm also happy to provide any resources to people such as books, so on and so forth, that they're looking to educate themselves. Great. Thank you for that. And like always, we'll have all of the links down below to reach out to Josh. And um, it's great to learn by video. I think that's uh, so much, so many videos that people watch nowadays, right? Um, great. And is there anything else you would like to add, Josh? Just thank you for the opportunity. It's nice to share some of the great misconceptions out there and where it's probably misunderstood. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and hope you will listen to the next one. I'm Lorena Tomasini and you can contact me via email life at malmins.com. Make it a great day.